You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. It's Friday! Hopefully everybody has had a great week. I know I am excited for this weekend. Um, I don't really have anything planned. Uh, we just got a whole bunch of fresh snow here in Iowa, so I won't be shed hunting. Um, I am going to probably go and do a little trail camera work, uh, probably drop some corn this weekend for the first time, uh, start to take some inventory of some of the deer that are in the area, uh, and, you know, wait for the drop and then start uh moving and shaking in the timber trying to get a you know find a couple sheds do some uh late season scouting and uh i think this winter and this spring even kind of going into the summer i'm going to definitely be uh trying to pick up some more property not only around my main farm but around uh closer to home as well so uh I won't have to drive near as much this year. Other than that, we have a we have a pretty cool podcast today. We're going to be another doing another product review podcast, and we're going to talk about some tree climbing harnesses that are not hunting related, but can be used in a hunting application. And we also talk about a couple other products as well, but. Uh, You'll have to bear with me. We had some small audio troubles the first, I think, five minutes of this podcast. We got it figured out uh, after that, and uh, it sounds great after that. So I apologize for um, the not-so-good quality right off the bat. But if you guys haven't had the opportunity already, do me a favor and go to DeerLab.com slash NineFingers. And just by going to that URL, you will have the opportunity to sign up for a free trial of Deer Lab. And why I think this is cool is because it allows you to upload several of your, I guess, trail camera pictures from over the years. You enter it in, uh, Deer Lab runs. I don't know whether it's a report or something. I'm not the the scientist behind it, but it gathers a whole bunch of information based off your trail camera photo, and it allows you to identify patterns that some of the deer that you're after might be making. So it's uh, definitely uh, a benefit, like, hey, this buck only moves on this wind, or this buck... uh, only shows up on a full moon or this buck uh is a is a ghost in october but then sure as shit he he shows up on you know november 3rd the past two years so it's uh it's kind of cool to be able to to use a a system like this to potentially forecast deer movement and uh know when you need to be in the timber so go check out deerlab.com slash nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers all right enough of the talk let's get into today's product review podcast with adam shulin all right so today we're going to be doing um, a product review podcast and you initially reached out with me 
and you were talking about using rock climbing gear to, you know, when you hunt now, and that's kind of where I want to start at. And that's kind of what I want to uh, talk about uh, today. And then we may get into some other products uh, if we have time, but this rock climbing gear kind of interests me because I can see its benefit for the, you know, for the tree stand bow hunter or any, any tree stand hunter. Um, now I've also heard of these, um, bow hunters that use a climbing rig and they don't even use a tree stand. They just kind of hang, they climb up, they hang in the tree and, uh, and, and do that. But why don't you go ahead and describe in detail what kind of rock climbing gear you're using and how you use it? Uh, okay. I'm basically just using a, a rock climbing harness, which just goes around your waist and your legs. There's no shoulder straps and your tie off point is in front, right? You know, right under your belly button, basically, or right in, right in the middle of your waist. And then it has tie off loops, you know, it has secure hooks on the side for a lineman's belt. And okay. I do, I do a lot of work where I have to be tied off with a, a harness and I, I can't stand wearing a harness around my shoulders and for years I didn't hunt with a harness on because of that fact I couldn't stand it being around my shoulders I was always concerned about it being in the way of my bow and two things it was unsafe to not do that and it kind of limited me to ladder stands because I'm kind of a scaredy cat when it comes to hanging stands and so I couldn't use a, a running gun set because I was actually getting the stand up scared me. So okay. I kind of got to do, I did a little research and I looked and yeah, basically I'm just using a, um, the harness itself. And then I use a lineman's belt as I'm climbing and, you know, it goes around the tree and hooks on at each hip. Just move it up the tree as you climb. And then once I get to the tree, I have another, it's just an, another piece of climbing rope that basically has a loop on one end tied with a, a special kind of knot. And I choke the tree with it. And then on that rope, it has a knot on the end that stops this. And then a thing called a Prusik knot, which is a knot that goes around the tree and then you can clip into it. And if you don't put pressure on it, if it's loose, you can slide it. But the second you jerk it it grabs so that lets me go from being on my sticks tied off with my lineman's belt i can hook my lanyard to my waist unhook my lineman's belt and climb into my stand without ever being untied and then basically once you get in the stand you take your lanyard that you're tied off with and you can adjust the length on it with your precinct knot and i'll stand up and I'll tighten it to where I can't really even fall out of my tree, but I can still turn side to side and you're tied off at waist height. So you never have any kind of anything obstructing your draw. Okay. I, just, I really like that system because you're 100% tied off without having to use the lifeline that, you know, right. climb all the way up the tree with. But you got the lineman's belt and then you're tied off once you get up there transition from steps to stand because I feel like that's where most people are going to fall. So are you afraid at all of falling out? Like if you were to slip and fall that you would go, you know, head over ass and you'd be up hanging upside down with your feet in the air because, you know, typically uh, a safety harness you know, that a majority of the hunters use goes over their shoulder. The anchor point to the body is higher in between the back. And that allows for the fall to, you know, for a guy to basically straighten out while he's hanging. So his feet are down. If the anchor point is around the, the hips or the waist, isn't the center of gravity a little bit different? Uh, yeah, it is. But, and that was a concern of mine was actually like falling out of the harness. But I did a lot of research. And one thing that always also scared me about harnesses is just knowing from work and knowing guys that have fallen in a full body harness, 
you don't have a lot of time that you can hang there before it starts pulling on your femoral arteries and doing damage. Okay. And with the rock climbing harness, they're like, hang from it, you know, just stage a fall. And so I've actually like got on a climber, went up a tree a little ways and then just let myself out. And you kind of just fall back and you're like in a sitting position. Basically you fall in a sitting position with your feet, into the tree and you grab the rope and pull yourself right back up it's actually uh very comfortable and i've i've like turned completely upside down to see if i'd fall out of it while hanging and you can't come out of that thing just the way it it cinches around your waist i'm not worried about it at all gotcha so does it have any other benefits? You know, you, you mentioned it's, it's meant to climb rocks with, so you're kind of, you're kind of sitting or, or leaning in it. Um, do you ever use it kind of as a relaxing lean where you turn around maybe on an all day sit and you're, you have, you have it hooked to the front or the back where you can just lean back and relax instead of having to stand or sit? Oh yeah, I've definitely done that. Uh, in my lone wolf, I'll just fold the feet up and turn towards the tree and kind of put my feet at the base of the stand and just kind of lean back and you can stretch your back out and do whatever you need to do. And it's, it's not something I do a lot of, but it's definitely nice in that way. Kind of in the same way with a, uh, a full body harness, I've just leaned forward, but it's just, it's so much more adjustable with your lanyard, you know, and you could do the same thing with your, your full body harness, but it's harder to reach back there and adjust the length of that. But I got it right there at my waist. I can just loosen or tighten that rope, that Prusik knot and make myself be able to go farther or keep myself tighter to the tree. Cause there's been times I've been in the tree and I've been getting tired and I've just been like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to tighten this up to where I can't, possibly come out of this seat and then if i would happen to hear a deer coming i can just instantly lengthen it out and i'm safe again so when you started when you started doing this i know that they're for a full body harness you know i like to have a little slack in in my lanyard so that uh, if i need to i can spin around in the tree i can throw it over to one side or another or you know, at the same time, I'm going in early and because I, you know, I don't want to spook anything closer to daylight. So I'll cinch it real tight and, uh, then maybe get about 10, 15 minutes more asleep in the tree while, uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't re- recommend that, but while, you know, while I'm waiting for daylight, is there with, with the connection point being around the hips, does that cause any issues of, turning around in the tree stand, you know, let's say a buck is, or a deer is coming right at you and, uh, from the backside of the tree. So the tree is in between you and the buck and he starts going left. So then you got to try to get on the left side of the tree. Then he, he goes, he goes right. And then you got to get on the other side of the tree and, and like kind of going back and forth is, is it easy to transition and spin in the stand and, and bring the bow with you back and forth? Yeah, it's actually really easy. Like once I'm in my tree stand, my connection point is actually like at my belt buckle. Does that make like the loop is right in right. front where your belt buckle would be. So, okay. you know, you're tied off, you're tied off at like your waist level. So there's no issue with it getting the bow. And basically what I do is I just stand up and I, you know, you just do a test run, you turn this way and, you know, like I put mine off to my right side, my lanyard would go around my belly, around my right side. And I stand up, make sure I have enough slack to turn. And I usually leave it to where it's just getting tight once I'm turned facing the tree. And then there's really no issue whatsoever. You can turn right or left and it's completely out of your way. You don't have to worry about it getting over your shoulder or anything like that. Okay. Now, is there any metal on metal contact or did you, have you taken any type of steps? Because obviously this is a rock climbing belt. Um, yes. the first, the first thing that when I think of 
um, something that's not like, like this is a crossover item, right? You're, you're using it for hunting, but it's not designed for hunting. Um, did you take any steps to quiet this down a bit, uh, put any tape or rubber on it to, uh, you know, to make it more silent? Uh, no, I haven't really. The, uh, the tie off point in the front is, you know, basically like web, a, a loop of webbing. So that's quiet. Once you hook your carabiner onto there, there's no metal to metal there. And then your hooks on your hip for your lineman belt are metal, but they go right into the padding on the, the side of the thing. So there's really no metal to metal there. It's a, it's a pretty quiet system and it's, uh, just, comfortable and i haven't had to modify anything i haven't come across anything yet okay and it's actually even got some nice uh on the side that's one big thing they come with uh, some like rope loops on the sides where your lineman belt would hook to and they're for you know you can clip things on to carry up with you as you're climbing oh, and cool. you just uh just make sure if people are using those they make sure they hook into the metal loops when they're using their lineman's belt and not hook onto that rope because i i doubt it's rated for safety but right. it, it's nice it's a piece of rope and then it has like a plastic tubing over it so it's real quiet but it's kind of stiff so you can clip things onto it pretty easily gotcha so overall i mean do you feel uh 100 safe uh in the in that harness yes I do. Okay. I've, like right. I said, I've stepped out of my stand just to test it, you know, at low height. But yeah, I feel I feel safer than with a regular harness because there's not the issue of uh, hanging and hurting yourself from hanging too long. Because I always gotcha. kind of wondered if I fell and, you know, naturally you'd fall and you're facing away from the tree. And I know those harnesses come with a little fall arrest system that you're supposed to be able to put your foot in and raise it. But how many people really do that every time? I don't know. And I just think this is a better system. Gotcha. So number one, what is the brand name of the system that you have? And what did that, that entire setup cost? Um, well, it is the brand name is Omer's. I think that's how you'd say it. It's O U M E R apostrophe S. And it's, the one I, I bought was called the Thicken Climbing Harness, and it's a it's a kind of a, a wider deal, and it's got more cushioning in the in the butt of it, so you can hang longer, more comfortably. And I just thought, right. it, since I'm a big guy, I thought it would be a good <coughs> harness to use. Okay. And the harness was, I believe, sixty nine ninety nine on Amazon. And then I have a couple buddies that are linemen, so they hooked me up with a pretty good deal on some climbing rope to make my uh, lineman's belt and my lanyards and carabiners and stuff. So I probably got a hundred or or a little over, probably about the same as a like a muddy or a, a hunter safety system. It's probably around that same price. Okay, so with with that, I mean, is it rated for, is it rated for like 300 pounds or what's the, I mean, is there, is there any official rating on it? I, yeah, there is. And I can't remember what it was. I was going to go through and write all that down today because I was like, Oh, I don't have that written down about the harness. And that's probably going to be, something i need to know but it it is definitely rated for it's made for bigger people um okay but there is a rating on it all right and it, and it's all adjustable right so like if a guy gains some weight in his gut or he's one guy's got bigger legs it's uh it's adjustable to where you, you know you can make this system fit just about any shape and size yes Okay. It, uh, I believe it goes from a 29 to a 50 some inch waist. Okay. And, uh, I know that my nephew is about six foot tall and he wrestles at 145 and he can use my climbing harness and I'm six foot two and 250. So 
it's gotcha. pretty adjustable. Gotcha. Now, what about, um, you know, now that this, you feel comfortable in this, have you thought about, uh, stepping away from the climber and now being able to experiment more with like a more run and gun type style stands like the lone wolf and sticks yeah, or, you know, or a similar product. Yeah, that's exactly why I, uh, I bought this because I pretty much heard you talking about lone wolf and singing their praises. And I was like, man, I got to try one of these, but I'm scared of climbing trees. So I, <laughs> I ended up, <laughs> I bought a lone wolf and I tried to save a little money and bought the muddy sticks. All right. And that was my first run and gun set up and it's, actually going pretty good cool cool have you ever thought about using one of those uh tree saddles and going 100 like other than a little platform type uh stand where there's no seat and you're using a tree saddle for the entire for the entire hunt have you thought about going that route at all ever uh yes actually i have and uh that's kind of in the in the works, but man, those uh, spurs or hooks for the climbing spurs are kind of expensive, and I can't justify them just yet. Right. Okay. Now we're going to transition here and uh, talk about muddy sticks because that is the next product that you brought up with me. Um, the the muddy sticks and how many how many years have you been using? Uh, muddy sticks. Uh, this was my first set that I've okay. uh, I've used. I bought them. I bought actually the lone wolf, the harness, and the sticks all at the same time. Okay. So um, and and uh, first impression on these muddy sticks. Um, I'm not overly impressed. I I like certain things about them and certain things. Uh, I think could have been done better. Okay. Well, based off of first impressions, um, what did you like? And then go into what you did not like about, uh, about those sticks. Uh, I really like the, the rope system that they use to attach them to the tree because it just seems simple. Like I said, I'm pretty nervous when I'm climbing or I used to be, and I didn't want to have to fumble around with, a strap trying okay. to, you know, be going up the tree and trying to hook a strap. And I thought, you know, this rope is connected to there. All I got to do is slide it through this kind of cam deal and tie it off and it's good to go. Gotcha. And I really like that about it. Okay. So, um, the, the muddy, uh, sticks and I, I've used them in the, in the past for those who don't know, it it has the cam system, right? Are are they still making those uh, with the cam system, or is there a different uh, type of strap that they use now? Uh, I'm not sure. I I purchased these back in October, and they had the cam system, which okay. I'd kind of sought out because I, I messed around with them at a store one time. But I think. The pro sticks still have the cam, and then there's another stick that has a strap on it. Okay. Okay. Now, and right right out of the gate, you like to you like that strap system, right? Yes. Okay. All right, and it has that cam. All right, so I'm looking at that right now on their website. Um, now, right off the gate, before you use them, was there something that kind of kind of stuck out to you you mentioned uh, you weren't overly impressed with it um was there something you didn't like about it uh they don't seem to stack together as well as i wanted to okay uh, as i wanted them to and they're kind of they're a little noisier than i thought they'd be i thought maybe they would have a little more sound deadening and one thing you know it's not any thing bad on the product itself but the the hardware to put them together you know there was some nuts and stuff to put them on you know to put the deals that attach 
to the back of the stick that actually sticks into the tree. Yeah. All the walkers and nuts for that were just loosely in the box. They weren't in a separate bag or a blister package or anything like that. They were just kind of thrown in the box loose, and I had actually lost one and had to search for quite a while through my shop trying to find it back because it just fell out of the box when I opened the box. And I didn't think that was really a great show of, you know, their factory, how it how they package their stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, how many sticks did you end up buying? Because I know these particular sticks are shorter than the, like the length of the stick only has two steps on each side where the lone wolf or the ones that I'm used to using, uh, have three total steps, but they're alternating steps. Um, how many, how many sticks did you end up having to buy? I bought four, but I honestly could use like six and that would just be too heavy. So, okay. Now what did, uh, what, how high did four sticks get you? Mm, Probably no, like a max of maybe 15 feet because, okay. uh, but I found some trees where I could use limbs to get the rest of the way up. Gotcha. So I, and, ended up, I ended up being about 18 feet total, but you know, by the time you hang one, you know, cause you gotta, you gotta run your sticks higher than your stand. So you're really not getting very high on those four short sticks. I, I wasn't, I'm not happy with that and I'm going to make a change there. Is, is the reason you hang your sticks higher than your, uh, stand, is that so you, uh, it's just you're more comfortable stepping off the stick onto the stand. Yeah. Okay. Because yep. I don't, I don't do it. I don't do it that way. My, I almost treat my stand like uh, it's another stick. So it's always above. It's always above my stick. The probably the same distance as if I was to add another stick. So I, so I'm stepping off of my stick up onto my onto my stand and that allows me and this i don't know maybe something you should try you might be able to try later on but uh, that allows me to get you know anywhere from a foot to a foot and a half higher off the top of my stick yeah and as i've gotten more comfortable with uh the setup i think that i'm leaning towards you know being able to do that i've had a few where if i had you know, a limb that I could get my hand on. I was more comfortable, but one thing I have overly huge feet and I'm kind of clumsy sometimes. So it, (laughs) I just better safe than sorry, even though I'm tied off and I know I can't fall. I just, I get pretty fumble footed sometimes on those little sticks with my size 14 boots and right. Right. Better safe than sorry. Right. Yeah. And it's just something I'm, I'm experimenting with and, Right. So as, as the, you know, as you start getting into the season, um, and started using these, uh, sticks, what was your, what was your impression of them at that, at that point? You know, you've, you started to use them the first couple times right off the bat. What was your, uh, impression there? Um, I, they were a little heavier than I thought they'd be, but once you actually put them on the tree and set them in place. They're, they're actually really solid and pretty nice to climb. That was the best thing I liked about them. And they're, once they're on the tree, they're perfectly quiet. They're just, you know, they don't stack together real well when you're trying to put them on your pack and carry them in. So they make a little bit of noise if you don't really just crank them down as tight as you possibly can and put a lot of thought into it. Right. Now, on that run and gun setup, do you stack them? uh, You stack them vertical, right? And then you stack the stack vertical on on your lone wolf and then use the lone wolf strap to tighten them all down? Or do you lay them down flat, the stack down flat on, uh, on that uh i put them i stacked them on top of each other and then i put them 
like kind of the you know like the v-shaped deals that hook to the tree that grab the tree yep. i put those over like the post of the yep the seat okay. and then i strap tight to there gotcha okay so that sticks out so it sticks out quite a ways then yeah okay cool and it's- all right so um so as far as stacking, you know, you felt they were a little bit heavy, but, you know, transporting them in and out of the woods, did you have any issues with them? No. No. Okay. No, not now, really. Now, what about you get to the tree, take your stand off, and it's time to start setting up. Did uh, you have any issues there, or was there any type of uh, scenario that you're like, okay, if this was my company, I would have done this to this product to make it uh, a little bit better? Um, I don't know for sure what I would have changed. I, I mean, I would have put, I would have made him taller and put three steps on him first off. Right. But, uh, I would have just maybe, maybe take a little more care and, you know, like there seemed to be like an, a lot of extra paint on the threads where you got to bolt them together and stuff like that. It's mostly just like the sticks themselves work great. It's just the way they were packaged and sent that really kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And kind of, there's like some, some rubber, you know, kind of covers on the edge of like the ends of deals. Yeah. Parts stick out and they didn't fit tight and they weren't secured on there and they kind of seem like they want to come off pretty easily. Just, it's just little minor changes that I would have made, but. So did you have to do a lot of work? I mean, after you assembled what you needed to assemble, did you have to go back in and, and do a lot of tightening and adjustment to the sticks in order to, you know, get them out the first time? Uh, I put them together out in the garage and I just grabbed a ratchet and bolted them together. But if you were, if you would have stopped by the store and grabbed those, cause you, you know, you had a hot, uh, tip on a buck that you've been seeing from the road and you finally got permission you're like oh i need a stand and you stopped off and bought these sticks there you know i like i kind of like judge on that because i've had to do that stop by the store grab something throw it together and go and without tools in your vehicle you could not put these steps together because they were okay. it was so hard to put those bolts on there with all the paint and I, i'm pretty sure it's kind of like a lock nut anyway so yeah. you could send a, a 30 cent stamped out tool to put that bolt on there with that. And it would be a big improvement. I mean, Walmart does that with their stands. Gotcha. It's just little things like that. Just not as much attention to detail as you'd like to see. Okay. All right. Now, what about setting them up on the tree? Uh, easy peasy, really. There's nothing to it. Just okay. And, uh, they, you know, they, they do a decent job with the weight. I mean, once you get them on and get them on tight, you know, that first step, even on my lone wolf's, uh, sticks that I use, if I don't have it on right, I get a little slack in that strap and it slides down a little bit. Did you run into any of that? Uh, when I put them around the tree, you know, I pulled the rope through the cam tied it off and then I would kind of just push down on it with my upper body and then it was it's they're pretty well set from there there's gotcha. they don't move much I mean if you would push them up from the bottom of course you'd have to reset them but once they were set they seem like they're they're set there okay all right um so so then I guess overall on these sticks I mean, while you're climbing up, you felt, did you feel safe while you were climbing up on them? Any movement? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. So overall on these sticks, they, other than like the packaging and, and the time it took to maybe assemble some of the stuff and not having the proper equipment, um, would you recommend a product like this to, to other hunters? Um, yeah, I've, I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but. I would go with lone wolf sticks if it was me. You know, I I would tell somebody to try the lone wolf sticks because I've since tried them and I like them a lot better. Okay. So 
So you probably won't buy these muddy sticks again then? If I mean, that's uh, kind of what it sounds like. No, I won't. And, you know, nothing bad is wrong with them. I just think that Longwolf makes a better step. Right. Not, yeah, not like the, these sticks don't work. It's just that Lone Wolf kind of uh, makes a superior product. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, offhand, I don't know, but the pro climbing sticks here on the Muddy website are you know, $180. I'm not sure how many you get for $180, um, but let's see here. Yeah, it doesn't say what you actually get for a, how many sticks you get for $180. The picture shows f- four, so it might be four. Uh, do you happen to know what the Lone Wolves are going for? For a set of, I think they sell them in three and four sticks. Uh, when I bought mine, I was shopping on Amazon, and the four pack of Lone Wolves were actually about 180 and I oh, got okay. the muddies. I got the muddies for around 140, 150, I think. And that was, okay. I was just trying to save a few dollars. Right. Okay. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have. Okay. All righty. Well, we got a little bit of time left here, so why don't we um, go into the uh, the last product that you wanted to talk about, and that was the NAP Kill Zone Broadhead, and uh, I guess. What is it about is, – is this a product that you used just this year or have you used this product uh, over the years? Uh, no, actually I've been using uh, – well, I, I started with the Kill Zone and then last year I moved to the Kill Zone Max. But I think I'm going on about my fourth year of using them, Okay, which is really saying something because – I used to be a broadhead freak and I'd buy every broadhead that came out <laughs> and at least try them. But once I killed a deer with the NAP, I just, that's all I'll do. Gotcha. I think it's so, good. So for someone who doesn't know what the, uh, the kill zone is, why don't you explain to that? Um, it's a two blade rear deploying broadhead. Like it'd be similar to a rage. It's got a cut-on-contact tip. Uh, you know, the blades kind of scissor across each other just like a rage, and they push out from the front to the back as they go in. And the kill zone has a 2-inch cutting diameter, and the kill zone max has a 2 and 3 eighths. Okay. So it's a pretty decent size uh, cut. Oh, yeah. Okay. So right off the bat, 40, 40 years ago, you started using this product, right? Four years, yeah. Okay. So what broadhead were you using before these? Uh, Rage. A Rage. Okay. Now, why did you decide to go from a Rage to an NAP? Um, well, actually, like I'd been using Rage for quite a while, and my buddy slash roommate, he was always giving me shit about him, telling me there was junk because he had had some, he had had some bad luck with him and he right. was a, a slick trick guy. Okay. And I had no reason to argue with him because he's killed a ton more deer than me with a bow and, but I liked him. They'd never really right. failed me. I didn't have a problem with him. Okay. But I started noticing, I let my pride get in the way, and I did start noticing that I wasn't getting the, the penetration that I wanted with the Rage and that they were kind of a one-and-done head. Okay. I, if, I, if I killed a deer and hit any bone at all, most of the time the, the broad hit, at least the blades were wrecked on it. Right. And then I shot a deer, and I hit shoulder, and with Rage Extreme, actually. And it was a pretty good buck. And I, I just, you know, you know how things happen. You had a chip shot and you messed it up. And I shot and I hit the shoulder and the rage actually broke off at the arrow. Like the insert was still in the arrow and the head was in the deer. And that's all the penetration I got before that arrow or that head broke. And I was like, oof, I don't so know there, about this. There wasn't too much penetration from that rage then? No, it it broke 
clean off right in the shoulder. And, you know, that could happen to any head, you know, that you won't get penetration. But I didn't like the way it broke. And I actually saw it spark when it broke because it was getting close to dark. Yeah. And that was kind of upsetting. But the deer lived, blah, blah, blah. Then my buddy, and he's a guy you should get on here because he, he knows a lot. But he starts, he switches from slick trick to these NAP kill zones. Okay. And he sends me a picture of him like, oh, yeah, a rage knockoff. He's like, yeah, a rage on steroids. And I'm like, what could be so much better? And he's like, right. they're just sharper. They're stronger. And so I, he ended up killing some deer with him. I was impressed with the blood trails. And it's like, okay, I'll give him a try. Right. And I just, I started shooting deer with him. First thing I noticed was they were extremely sharp compared to uh, you know, a lot of broadheads, they're all sharp, but there's some that are just sharper, you know, and these ones right. were were scary sharp. There's never an issue. There's no kind of collar or, you know, the retention system is all inside the broadhead. There's nothing you have to do, no O-ring, no collar, no nothing. And they just, they don't catch a branch and pop open while you're walking through the woods or in your stand. Right. There's, I, just, I just really think for an expandable broadhead, if you've got the kinetic energy, I think they're the best that there is. I've shot a bunch, and I just really love these heads. Okay. Now, when you first switched from Rage to these uh, kill zones, did you notice any difference in the flight of your arrow? Did you have to do any additional adjustments, um, or did it fly like a true field point? Uh, it flew just like a field tip. Okay, so no adjustments were really needed? Nope. Okay. Now, um, the very the very first time you went out and actually killed an animal with these new heads, um, did you did you notice like more devastation? Did you I mean was it a was it a clean shot, an easy shot, or was it a marginal shot? I mean, explain how they actually worked. Maybe maybe the blood trail, the hole it left, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, the first deer I shot with one, I believe it was a big, a pretty nice sized doe, and she was pushing, you know, the big long eighteen yard shot and kind of. A steep angled away and I hit a little high and actually went through the spine with this big broad head and all the way down out through you know below her shoulder and I was like wow you know I wasn't used to getting that kind of penetration through a deer's spine with that big two inch cut and right. I couldn't figure out what the difference was but it was just the angle of the blades was what made the difference, but it, you know, just the sharpness It, uh, you know, the deer obviously didn't go anywhere cause I hit it in the spine, but I also took right. out the lung and heart. Right. And okay. it, just, it made, it made a hole. Now, when I, I've used some high quality broadheads in the past, I've used some that I would consider junk and, and since I've I've kind of stuck with uh, fixed blades the past three years, four years now I think, but they're for me mechanicals. I, I I don't know why, but I look at them as a one and done head. Right, they're slicing through, right. and you're done with them. Unlike a fixed blade, where I I feel like I could probably if I wanted to take the time sharpen them up and uh, and and use them again, but. Did you did you feel that these kill zones were a one and done head, or do you feel that if you put a little effort into it, you know, get the the meat and the fat and all the junk off of them, you could use the blade the head again? Oh yeah, there. I, I think I've probably killed seven or eight animals with them, and I, the only damage I've ever had to one was I shot a coyote while it was running, and I basically cut its back leg off at the hip. Like okay. It wasn't running. It was kind of trotting towards me. And the cut-on-contact tip had a little bend in the very front of it. And that was the only kind of damage I've ever had on one. Okay. Other than that, 
pretty a pretty durable blade. Now the question is, do you use uh, heads more than one time, or are they are they one and done? I've always I'm I'm a freak about sharp blades, so like yeah. part of my job is sharpening a knife, and I I've never shot a deer with one, cleaned it out, put it back in my quiver, and went hunting with it again. But right. my roommate. He, uh, he's, I don't, I'd have to ask him how many deer he's killed with one kill zone in the season, but I know that he killed a, a buck this year with one, came home, washed it, sliced a piece of paper with it, put it back in his quiver, and then went to Illinois here the last week of season and killed a doe with it, and just the same nasty blood trail that you could you know, you would think from a brand new one, but me personally, I just, I love having a, a, that brand new, fresh, clean, sharp edge, right. but I know they'll still cut and I keep one, you know, in case I, uh, coyote or I'll, I'll shoot a turkey with one, you know, if it's still sharp, but for deer, I just like to have a fresh broadhead every time. It's kind of a mental thing for me. Right. Right. Um, and then what's the entry What's the entry hole like on this mechanical? Because everybody, everybody wants to, you know, say, "Oh man, I'm I'm not a huge fan of uh, mechanicals because the entry hole is, you know, isn't what it needs to be." Um, does this offer a, a a big entry hole because it's that rear deploy? Oh yeah, uh, I can actually send you some pictures. There's a lot of people that kill deer and take pictures standing behind them and. I take pictures of entry holes because they're so <laughs> impressive with these. Uh, I actually shot a doe last year straight through both front shoulders and the entrance hole. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm a big guy, six foot two, and the entry hole is almost as long as my hand. Like, oh, I could wow. almost put my hand in it long ways. That's big. They so that I take it that deer didn't go very far? Uh, about three steps. I've... I've, uh, I think I've had one deer get out of my sight and that's just because it ran into CRP grass that I've shot with NAP kill zone. Gotcha. Now this is gotcha. the, the, I've been using the kill zone max the last couple of years, so it's the bigger head, but, uh, the, the two inch blade, same thing. You have at least that two inch entry hole. I've never seen it smaller than the actual blade cut itself on the entry hole. Okay. So, uh, I don't even think I need to ask you, um, it sounds to me like you're going to recommend this product, uh, as far as mechanical is concerned. Yes. Just as long as you've got the kinetic energy, you know, I don't, right. I don't recommend it to somebody shooting 50 pounds in a light arrow. I'd say it's right. a terrible idea, but if you can push them and you can shoot, then yeah. Right. What, what, uh, what, bit, what kind of arrow do you use? Is it a heavy one? Yeah, uh, I just switched to a Black Eagle Rampage, which has the, it's a lighter grain per inch arrow, but it's not real light, but lighter than I was using with a, a 58 grain insert, okay. so I'm somewhere around 500 grain arrow, and gotcha. but I, I had previously always used full metal jackets. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, you have, a, you definitely have enough kinetic energy to, to finish the job now. The kill zone and the kill zone max, other than a wider, you know, other than a wider uh, cutting diameter, is there anything different between those two heads that you know you prefer one over the other? No, they're they're basically the same head. Just one has a bigger cut than the other one. Cool. So, which one do you prefer? I like the kill zone max. I, uh, I've got an abundance of kinetic energy with my setup and i figure if i can make a bigger hole i might as well you know yep yep now is this something that you're going to uh you're going to stick with these kill zones until something better or they fail you or uh are you are you gonna be like hey man i like this new idea from this new broadhead company i might as well give them a try uh i've actually bought uh, a different type of NAP head this year, but I, it, it kind of depends on how my season's going. You know, if I, if I've got a spot 
where I've got a bunch of does that I can kill, and I know I got time to test it out and try different things. I'll I'll try some different broadheads. I'd like to try that new rage that they just came out with the tripan, but uh, it like I said, it depends. If I'm having a good year and I've killed one or two already with my kill zones, I'll try something else, see if there's something better. But gotcha. uh, I'm not I'm not brand loyal to anything. If something better comes along, I'll definitely use it. Sounds I good, man. I'll, uh, well, I'll send you some pictures of some entry holes if that's all right. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, I just want to say thanks for uh, taking time to come on the podcast and go over these three products with us, man. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'm a big fan. I uh, kind of found your show by accident, and I think it's probably my favorite hunting podcast for sure. <laughs> well, thank you very much for those kind words, and uh, uh, accidents happen, I guess, right? Yeah. They've all, the accidents have been working pretty good for me this year. So. <laughs> and there you have it. Huge shout out to Adam for coming on the show, uh, taking time to do these product reviews. Thanks to each and every one of you for taking time to download this podcast. And uh, huge shout out to the title sponsor of this podcast, Exodus Outdoor Gear. Be sure to uh, use the code nine fingers at checkout for a $20 off your purchase. Huge shout out to deer lab for, uh, their sponsorship as well. And, uh, be sure to check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And, uh, one thing I want to say while I have you here is if you are already not a member, if you are, that doesn't even make sense. But anyway, if you're not a member already, there you go. Go to the National Deer Alliance and become a member. Sign up. It's free, no charge, and um, you'll get information from them about how you can help become a, a better conservationist towards the animals that you love. Also, 2% for conservation. Check out that organization. And... Last but not least, check out the Keep It Public movement. And uh, basically right now, the government, and more than likely the government that we voted in, is trying to sell public land or give it back to the states. They're not trying to really sell it, but they're giving the federal government wants to get rid of it. They want to give it back to the state. And that is a bad thing because the states will sell it and then you will lose rights to that public land. So uh, make sure you guys do some research on that. More information about that to come in uh, updated, ep- you know, in upcoming episodes. But thank you very much. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend and remember to wear your damn safety harness.